Like I said, today it's to celebrate, honour and bring focus to children and the next generation. And, you know, we think about children as, you know, kids like that, young ages. Um, in the video, I actually share that we actually have um, over 150 kids actually in our church. Um, we have multiple preschool ministries across three congregations. We have two primary school ministries. And, you know, there's so many kids. But then children, as you know, in Australia is not just limited to preschool and primary school, obviously. It's anyone that's defined under 18 years of age. So, Rezo guys, put your hand up. Yeah, you guys are kids, okay? Remember, you are a kid. Say, I am a kid. No, okay, I won't embarrass you. <laughs> I want to stress this point out because it's easy to think, uh, you know, I'm not a parent, so this children's message won't apply to me for the next 30 minutes, Okay. No matter what age you are, you know, we all have to play a part in empowering and building up the next generation. Again, if you're Rezo, you also have a responsibility to build up the next generation too. Be willing to be built up, to have a voice that speaks up, to know who you are in Christ, to build up the faith of those around you and not hinder them. So this message is for all of you, from children to young adults, adults and families that we all need to play our part in building the next generation. Um, so what I pray, I'll read the scripture. Hopefully we can try the video again. Um, or, yeah, and then we'll go from there. Father God, we uh, just thank you, Lord, for, for Children's Sunday, that we can really honour uh, children in, in this church, Lord, and, and really be able to lift up this next generation, Lord. We all have a part to play in being able to guide and nurture, lift up, encourage. We were all children at one stage of our lives, and we had people that were able to build us up there. So I pray together as one church, we can be that voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so the scripture is from Mark ten thirteen to 16, and it says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Um, Jimmy, I just realized it's on YouTube. So if you check the studio at YouTube, it's actually there. So that one should work. Let me know because it'll be an awkward end, to in, end on that. And then, yes. Um, but obviously this comes from Mark. So to, again, Mark chapter 10, verse 13 and 16. Mark's gospel is written to encourage readers to not be intimidated by threat and opposition. So it's actually written in mid-60 AD when Nero began to persecute the church. And so he began murdering anyone who got in his way. This included his wife, his mother, and even his stepbrother. So pretty evil, right? Um, so a very cruel example, very, you know, this is well documented, is that Nero used Christians as human torches to light his evening garden parties. Right, that's pure evil there. And he was so cruel that in the end, that the elite of the Roman army turned on him, making Nero a public enemy. So you've got that background. And then Mark was written for a non-Jewish audience, particularly the Gentiles. So persecution for Christians was rife at the time. And Mark was written to serve the needs of the church and encourage them. Mark wanted to strengthen their faith in persecution. And Mark wanted to teach believers what it meant to be his disciples. 
So that is the background to Mark and what his readers were facing at the time. So what was Mark trying to tell us in this passage? Don't you love cliffhangers? I'm going to leave it there. The video, I think, is ready. You can watch that video, and then we'll come back to it, okay? So that's New Life Kids in a nutshell, because I know, especially here, when you're not at main church, it's hard to see I'm gone, like, half half a month, half the time, and it's a joy to be able to, to see these kids and some of you guys here, part of that junior leadership program, and, and seeing some of you serve back in children's ministry. Um, so, yeah, if you want to serve, please come to me. Come to any kids leader that you know here. would love to have you. So when we're talking about building up this next generation, you know, what is Mark trying to tell us in this passage? So the first part of verse 13 says, you know, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. Now, there were parents who wanted their children to be blessed by Jesus. But as people were bringing their children to Jesus, they were being rejected and turned away by his disciples. And then the second part of verse 10 is that the disciples rebuke them, right? Why, why are you bringing these children? You know, today we see children like, you know, the song item that we have seen as precious, valuable, innocent, you know, worthy of protection. Back then, children were not really important. Um, they were actually considered insignificant in society. Children were so insignificant that the disciples didn't seem to think twice about turning them and their parents away. You know, now don't get me wrong, the disciples didn't hate the children, okay? Um, they felt that Jesus needed to be respected as the teacher, that he was too important and had too many important things to do than to worry about the children. You know, Jesus would spend days, you know, teaching crowds and then go away to pray. They thought that Jesus didn't have time to deal with children and other troublesome people. They assumed it was socially the wrong thing to do to trouble Jesus. So given how busy Jesus was, they wanted to give time for Jesus to do his ministry. So, you know, I guess if you want to put it in a modern day way, think of the disciples as bodyguards to a celebrity, right? They were trying to control these large crowds and allowing Jesus to do his good work. But how does Jesus respond? In verse 14, it says in the first part, Jesus was indignant, so angry, displeased, offended, irritated, exasperated, all of this. So it's interesting, right? You know, Jesus, the God of love and everything, he responds to their actions, his disciples, with anger. And so we see... There's so many instances where Jesus responds to the disciples' disappointing behaviour with patience and long-suffering, like when they fall asleep um, in the garden when he really needed them, um, when they didn't trust him in the storm, um, like when they started to argue about who will be the greatest of them all, when Peter cuts off the ear of the servant, even when Peter betrays Jesus, he responds with sadness, not anger. But here, when they turn away the children and stop them from coming to him, right? Jesus is angry. He was angry because he was frustrated with his disciples. Even though his closest didn't understand that children were also important to him. And God is trying to show us how much children matter to him. In Mark 9, 42, it says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. Pretty brutal, right? That's how important children are to Jesus and how we need to, like I said, empower and grow this next generation and to build them up, not tear them down, not be a stumbling block. God wants us to understand how seriously he takes this matter. It's a really big, big deal to him, okay? 
And then the next part of verse 14 says, Jesus did not want to hinder children. Jesus wanted to bless these children. Jesus didn't see children as a hindrance. As it says in Psalm 127.3, children are a gift and a blessing. You know, in our society today, sometimes people do tend to see children as a pain and burden, right? Getting in the way of our day-to-day, not listening or respecting to their elders, you know, and some people, when they found out, um, you know, we have four children, they think we're, we're crazy, right? Why do you want four kids in, in this time of life, you know? Um, but in the kingdom of God and in Jesus' eyes, children are for loving. Okay, they're not a hindrance. They're not a burden. They're not there trying to disrespect you. They're there for loving. And the third part of verse 14 says, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, such as as these. And so here Jesus uses the example of children, of all those who are important to him, people in society that we may shun away, the outcast, the left behind, the unimportant people. That's that's the such as these. And I want to take a moment to honor their genuine and selfless love and humility. You know, there are times when I'm so busy, right? Angry and frustrated at my kids, okay? Sure, my kids are lovely, but I I can also get angry and frustrated. I'm only human, okay? And it's funny because as I was writing this part of my message, literally my child was driving me nuts. So I get it, right? Literally at this point, I'm like, God, thank you for your wonderful timing. Um, But in the midst of the craziness, some of these things that my children would say just just to show their selfless love, it just melts my heart. You know, Aubrey, there are times when I'm really stressed out and then Aubrey, my youngest, who's three, would say, it's okay, Daddy. I love you so much. Sorry, Daddy. Out of the blue, I'm like, where did this come from? Like, you know, so she would be that crazy girl and two minutes later say this. I'm like, fine, I love you too. <laughs> um, Ellie, who's, who's five, would say, Daddy, I can, I can put on my school clothes by myself. Look, Daddy, I can do it. You don't, I don't, you don't, you don't need to help me. So she'd be proud of those moments that she has where she's like, look, you, you, can, you can chill, you can relax. And Addie, when I'm really stressed out, um, she knows my love language so much. And she'll just come up to me, Addie is nine, and she'll say, cuddles? <laughs> I know you love cuddles when you're stressed. And she just knows my heart there and then. That's what I need to just be able to just calm down a little bit. And then Evie, being our oldest, who's 11, will say, I'll do that for you, don't worry. I can take care of this, I can take care of that. You do what you need to do. So literally, like the second mum in the family, she'll, she'll just do it. She'll do it just to, to take care of the rest of them um, and, and try to be the responsible older sister, I guess you could say. So in the midst of the craziness, children are meant for loving. And then we have verse 15. Um, or before verse 15, in this midst of craziness, there is something about children that bring a different angle of God's love. They show us God in a different way. Right, like when we can see that innocence, and we can see that joy that God's bringing them. Like it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's lovely. In verse fifteen, it says, "Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it." So now we have this topic of children. Now he says, "Like a child." Okay, what he means by that is those who come to Christ in humility, in faith, like a child of God. And so this emphasis on this little child is that children receive and don't feel they need to earn uh, their way up yet. Children, little children, often only know how to receive. There's still a lot they need to learn. 
In the same way, children don't refuse out of pride. Um, If they just refuse it, it's only because they don't want it. They don't think that they are the most important. They know that they don't know everything. They accept their place in the family, and they know how to trust their parents with their life. So in the same way, the like a child, God is asking us to receive the kingdom of God as a little child. Like a little child. In order to enter the kingdom of God, a person must have the trust and dependence that is like a little child. A complete trust, dependence on Christ. Our obedience to his will is to come out of a place of love for him. Not because we want to earn our way in by all that we are doing. So to be a Christian in this world, not of this world, it's my favourite phrase I use all the time. Because if you're of the world, you take care of yourself. You find your own way. You, you compete for your job and tasks. You earn your way to the top of society. You, you try to be successful in the world and the church all by yourself to show people that, hey, we're living a good life. We're all good, making a difference in our different spheres. Okay, But to be in the world, not of it, is to live with a childlike faith. Not childish faith, childlike faith. So it's to be compassionate to those around us. It's to be forgiving and humble, even when it's uncomfortable. It is to truly love God and those around us in the midst of our trials. It's to obey Him, not because of rules and everything, but because we love Him. You know, our status in his kingdom is not dependent on how much we do. It's because we are his, his children. We love him and we know we can come to him as imperfect but beloved children of God with humility, boldness and relief that he knows us and loves us anyway. It is then that the Holy Spirit can do the work in us that transforms us little by little closer to his holiness. So this whole childlike faith, okay, this is Children's Sunday, right? So I'm going to use lots of, not lots, I'm going to use two acronyms here so that you can remember. In um, Kids Church, we have this thing called Big Point. So if you don't remember anything, I want you to remember this one little sentence for the whole week. So there are two acronyms I'm going to teach you that hopefully you can remember. They're nice and easy. Um, And there's one that was reminded lately actually by my pastor team, and it's called FAT. I want you to be fat, okay? Everyone say, I want to be fat. Go. (laughs) not literally okay so faithful available teachable like childlike faith okay faithful as children are faithful to their parents we ought to have the same unwavering faith in our one and only father god faithful available as children make time for their parents we ought to make time for him even when it is inconvenient available and T, teachable. Like I shared before about children and their humility, we need to be able to let our walls down to be willing to receive from him. Fat, faithful, available, teachable. We need to come to Christ with this childlike humility, childlike faith as a child of God. And then we have in verse 16, Jesus blesses the children. Bless... Um, the Greek word is eulogal, which is to praise, to celebrate with praises, to ask God's blessing on something or someone. 
know, Jesus takes the time away from his busy schedule for us, his death on the cross, his desire for the word to see the see his desire for the world to see the one true God, to show love to the least of things, and bless the children who come to him. So in this same way, we should hunger, truly hunger for his blessing upon our lives as his children. So You've got that hunger, you've got that desire, you've got that blessing, you've got fat, okay? The other one is, I need you to be soft. Say, I will be soft. Okay, this is what I do in kids' church. Okay, I repeat, ask them to repeat things, so that's why I'm a bit more that way. So I want you to be fat and soft, okay? Hopefully that's nice and easy for you to remember because fat is kind of soft and, well, you know, you get it, okay? Soft is surrender, obey, faithful, and time, Okay? So soft surrender. As a child trusts his father, we can bring our burdens to him. Again, remember, childlike faith, childlike humility, surrender. Second is obey. Following his words, his commands, going against the world, being able to be teachable. Like children, they can be teachable. When you go older, you kind of go, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Okay, obedience. Faithful, be faithful. Coming to God with a faith that trusts God as a child of God with childlike humility, childlike faith, and take time, spending quality time in prayer in His Word, getting to know Him, building my relationship with Him in my day-to-day. Okay? Surrender, obey, faithful time. Okay? Soft and fat. I want you to remember this because as we are children of God, to be able to take that time not only for ourselves, but also for our next generation as well, in the same way. Because, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I, I grew in my faith by being fat and soft, okay? Like, I had these moments in my life. I told you that as a, as, um, as a kid in church, I would be the person to muck around. I forgot to bring an A4 piece of paper. But basically, what I would do in church, I'd be in the back. So the kids that are there back on your phones, I was like you, okay? If you're not paying attention, fine. I was in the back with an A4 sheet. I would fold it, try to, you know... Squeeze the paper, rip it in half. So you can imagine it's silent, you hear this, you know, and then I'd fold it again and again and again and again and again until like by the end of service, I had all these tiny little pieces of squares all over the floor, okay? That was basically me. I just was bored in church. I didn't care. I, I, my parents forced me to go to church. That's all I cared about. Okay, cool. Um, but then as I grew older, I was like, oh, I, I want to help. I want to be involved in this church. I want to help set up the chairs. I felt like I was making a difference that the, these leaders are telling me, hey, good job, good, good, you know, good helping and all this. So I was like, cool. I, I want to be part of this community. You know, I told you that as I've grown up, uh, for these, those that went to camp, you probably heard a bigger story about this. But, you know, when I, was, when I was in high school, I tried to commit suicide. I wasn't very studious at all. Um, I got what I wanted to get into uni. Um, you know, through all of this, like I was still thankful to God that I was able to grow in my faith, that I was able to get the course I wanted. I had pastors that believed in me, that through all of those moments that I felt like I was a nobody and that I was not good enough and that all I did was muck around, that I was able, that they believed in me to be a youth leader, um, that you know, some of us here were involved in actually building up this English congregation. We used to be called 2G, okay? If you don't know, this was a second-generation church because we wanted to start a congregation for our generation, okay? And ultimately, here I am, thanks to God, pastoring you guys. From someone ripping paper 
to someone that didn't care about his life, to someone that wasn't very studious to being used by God here now. And then, you know, I talked about my, I've talked about my family and finance complications and all that kind of stuff. Again, I won't go into too much detail. Um, happy to talk to you more about afterwards, but camp was camp. That's when I talked about it. But, you know, God answered my prayers and needs when I surrendered it to him, when I surrendered my, my family needs, when I surrendered my financial needs, when I was able to completely dedicate and trust and be dependent on him. That's when he was able to really work in my life through being fat and soft. Um, so um, if I can ask um, Sam just to, to come up, that would be great. Um, I, I have a few things that I want to be able to share with you today on Children's Sunday. And so for, for children here, and so obviously there are no kids here, but mainly for Resonate, okay, for you guys here, this is my message for you, is that I want you to be a child of God by being fat and soft, Okay by being fat and soft. I want you to think about that. I'm going to be fat and soft my life as a child of God. Because I know, Rezo, I know, guys, that there are times you feel like you're a nobody in this world, that no one loves you, and that no one is paying attention to you. I know that church may seem like a chore that your parents force you to come, like a routine, something you do because you've been doing your entire life. But I want you to be faithful, available, and teachable as a child of God. I want you to be soft, to surrender, obey, be faithful. Take the time to be with God as a child of God. Because God wants to bless you. But for that to happen, you need to open up yourselves to God and let Him in with a childlike faith. Like what happened to me when I thought, no, I don't care about life. But as soon as I let God into my life, everything changed, started to change. So that's for you, Rezo. For young adults, adults, your students, your working sort of group, I want you to be able to be, I want you to be able to depend on God by being fat and soft. I know that there is you know, so much pressure that the world brings to your life. But it doesn't mean you need to do it alone. It doesn't mean you're suffering on your own. I know that life may seem so unfair and tough, but nothing you have gone through will be wasted. And, and you know, can I encourage you guys to use your experiences, the things that you've learnt through your trials to build up this next generation? to being involved in children's ministry and to youth ministry, even in service here and make a real difference in their lives because you guys are kids once. You know what that was like and how much guidance some of these guys need. So be faithful, available, teachable. Be fat by depending in God and be soft, surrender, obey, be faithful and take your time by depending on God. Experience the joy that comes only from God knowing that you are loved and embraced by Him. But to do that, you need to put your trust in Him with all the plans in your life, all of them, so that His good plans will be accomplished in your life. And lastly, for families, for those that I consider families as if you're married or have got kids or parents or whatever it is from that point on, prioritise God by being fat and soft. I know that when you get married and you have kids and families and all of that, 
that you are living busy lives now and that there is no time. And when there is time, you want to take a break from your life, from everything in various different ways. And I know that sometimes when you're the oldest in the congregation, that it can feel lonely at the top. And that there are moments you feel you've done your part in church, in your workplace, wherever it is. And others need to step up now. It's like, I've, I've done my time. Now you guys grow up. You know, I'm, I'm going to stand there and enjoy my life that I worked for. But God still has work for you to do. He still wants you to be fat, to be faithful, available, teachable by prioritising God in everything from your families to your work, to your church, to your community. And to be able to be soft, to surrender, obey, be faithful and taking your time by prioritising God. Know that God is an unchanging God and that regardless of the season of life you're in, He is the same yesterday, today and forever. That even in this busy season, we need to work out how to prioritise Him within our family unit. And not to add any pressure, but your voice and actions speak loudest as the older group in this, in this church. Your voice has the, the, the words of wisdom that you can share and build up to your partner, to your kids, and the next generation sitting amongst you in this auditorium today. Again, church, as we went through our vision series, we're a multi-generational servant. We are a multi-generational church And for that, through youth, young adults, adults, families, kids, whatever it is, we need to be able to be spirit-led, prayer-driven, actively loving to one another and do these great works for His glory because He is worthy. And I pray that Children's Sunday, that you can feel my heart here, that as I've been involved in kids and youth, half of my life, I would say, that there's, there's so much to do but with God, nothing is impossible. And we can do our bit to be able to build up this church, to be able to lift each other up, to be able to spur each other on, regardless of what stage of life we are in. What do I pray? Father God, we again thank you for Children's Sunday. It's such a joy to be able to see so many kids in this church grow, so many leaders Um, leading these kids to Christ and um, together in this church today, in this hall, I pray that whether we are a youth, a young adult, adult, married, single with parents, kids, whatever life stage we're in, that we can be fat and soft, that God, we can learn and grow through you. We can be humble servants that we can know who you truly are and serve you faithfully, but also with our words of wisdom, are able to build and grow and encourage one another, Lord. Lord, there is, you know, you've used me in my life and in my imperfect life to be able to be here today. And I pray that every single person here can also be that faithful, available, teachable, person and that they can surrender their lives to you, that they can obey uh, and, and, and live for you and be faithful with their time for you, Father God. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray.